And you know, us sports moms have something to say. Yes, we do. We'll have a chance to interview across the board from athletes to the parents to the coaches to even the trainers. Yeah. And we're not afraid to share our journey. We're not afraid to tell other moms what we went through in order to raise up a student athlete. So I believe that it's inspirational. Yeah. We're able to tell our story, the good and the bad. Yeah. We can give back positive information. Absolutely. You know, we can empower them. Yeah, I think it's time for the mothers to be a voice. Yeah, yeah that's time. it. Yeah. It's time for us to, to let you know what's going on. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shannon, at Can We Talk Sports. I am here with my host. Hey, what's up, you? <laughs> Shannon, I've been practicing. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, what's up? It's Karen. Okay, I have been away for a few days. I thought you was really practicing. I did. I did really good when you wasn't on the show the other day. I was just like, just like you. Hey, it's Karen on what can we talk sports? What's up? I'm here with my host, Kawash. And then I was like, Kawashika. So <laughs> Okay. Okay, we go, I'm, you know what? We're going to get together and practice. <laughs> yeah, gonna, I need lessons. We're going to get you a radio voice. We're going to practice this. I need lessons. Yeah. All right. So what do you, you know what? Tell us about the million, what is it that you're, the conference that you're on? It's called Millions Conference. I, this is my third year and um, uh, today is VIP. And so it's for entrepreneurs, uh, those who are, you know, entrepreneur is the new famous and those who are trying to start businesses. Um, but it has a little church ram to it. You know, we have uh, seven days before the conference. We have fasting for seven days. Wow. And um, the, the organizer, Tiffany Montgomery, she's really, really strict with who she allows to come on. She can she don't allow anybody to come on. You have to really be professing and walking in the will of God before she would even bring you on. And so, uh, but these people, they, I mean, all the different people where they come on and tell their story is how they became famous and what products and stuff they have launched, but it's all in one space. So um, yeah, today was the day was a good day. They did it on a different platform. I mean, it's probably thousands of people on the platform. And I was just like, how is she going to pull this off? And so I saw the platform and I love how it's working. We get to network with other people. And so it's, it's great with technology, you know, COVID-19 forced us to be pulled into that world to have another avenue to be able to get to people. And so she it forced did. you to change it. It was a reality check. You know what I'm saying? You just, those, those are the conversations I've sat down with Jordan and Josh and, and um, Jay and all of them at the house, Jaden and them. It's like, okay, you got a, a reality check. All right. What's plan B. All right. And then what's plan C and then let's keep on going down the line. And so, you know, it forced people to be creative, you yeah. know? So, but um, on my end, things are pretty good. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm still here because these kids, all these athletes in this house. Well, 
<laughs> you know, it's 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 been good. God has allowed us to just, you know, minister and pour into these young guys, you know, that are staying here with us. It's just, it's been good. We've had um, some heart to heart conversations and they're, you know, are dealing with the reality of, okay, what if I don't go to the NFL this year? You know, they they haven't given up. They're going, they're just dealing with right now. Yeah. So they haven't wiped it out to say, we'll never go back. But it's like, hmm, let's deal with right now. So they've been, it, in the beginning, it was rocky. Right. You know, because when they all came here to train with Jordan, it was like, okay, you know, this is going to pass. And then time went on. And then they keep putting back, pushing back the date. And so now it's like, Okay, you know what? Let's let's sit down and have the real heart to heart conversation. Right. On what are we going to do? Um, what does it look like? How does it look like financially? So yeah. I'm I'm pretty proud of them. I'm I'm yeah. pretty proud of them. You know, now there's those days me and my husband we like, um, we're gonna put a tent outside. Right. And we're gonna put all of y'all out there in the tent. Right. <laughs> but other than that, it's been pretty good. And I tell you what, I am so proud of Jaden. COVID did something to Jaden. Because mm. when I say that girl stepped up her game, I don't know if it's just the training with her brother, but the coaches had to call me. And when they call, I know, because they'll call me in a minute. Jaden ain't doing what she's supposed to do, or she's slacking, mm. or she's not playing. Coaches called. Matter of fact, he called the other day. He's like, her game, I don't know what happened to her, but her wow. game is, yeah. Well, that's so. good. That's good. You know, she still I can't take that. me, though. Uh, she can when uh when your <laughs> knee and your hip and all that stuff hurts. She has that, that, to know uh, the uh, right time to We're not gonna confess that. She, she got a skills from me. But what I just got when you was just talking about the guys been at your house, and I know you know your evolved sports and all the things you're doing. I got that you are able to actually do it teach them everything your whole program and it's not it's not about them coming to you at a location you're able to do it right now in your house with the athlete that god has brought in your house right now you're able to walk through that program refine it and get it all together you're able to do it right now with those with those boys. So, you know, God has a plan for everything. You know, you just never yeah. know. You just got to be able to shift with it. So, yeah. But um all right, so we're getting ready. I'm pretty excited about this show. Now, I will say this. I am not responsible for what comes out of our guest mouth. I I was a good girl, okay? They are a family. So, anything they say about me, please um, do not believe them. I was a good girl. No, let me stop. I'm definitely going to ask them what was Lil Shannon like? Tell you know, horror stories about my Lil sisters. Shannon. You know, they, they say this and that, but I'm like, I wasn't that bad. Uh huh. You was that I don't remember. You I don't was remember. that baby that probably told everything. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do like my husband said, I'm going to play the nut roll. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So, but anyway, we will be right back after this with our guest, Jay Ellis and Paula Ellis. All right. <laughs> How did I imagine my life? Um, I think like most children, I imagined I'd be rich and famous. <laughs> Quite a bit of it is exactly how I imagined it. But that meantime, hey! And I didn't have any of the prerequisites set up. I was not union. Starting a media company on Instagram was something that wasn't heard of and it actually didn't make any sense to anyone. 
Who introduced me to Christ? This is a funny story. <laughs> My college year, freshman year, I went full-blown atheist. Are you saved? And I was like, what does that mean? I can't believe you joined church when I wasn't there. No, we could do real therapy. She was like, but I'm, I love Jesus, so it's all over me. So you might get a little bit of that. This just happened. Like, I just had a conversation with God, and he came in and he ate with me. The fact that there is a space and an outlet to just talk about God. Hey, may I say you look very sharp in that suit. Thanks, man. It's I good looking. I couldn't let my family down, man. Yeah, my dad is here somewhere. Oh, your dad? Where is your dad? Uh, I'm not really sure, but I'm gonna tell you something. I told him, there he is right there. I told him that I was gonna What's be on the dad? How you doing? Yeah. He looks good, too. He looks good. He looks great. I told him I was going to be on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and he goes, Jimmy Kimmel from, from The Man Show? And I was like, no, Jimmy Kimmel from The Jimmy Kimmel Show. And he was like, yeah, 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 him, too. They're the same guy. Yeah, they're the same guy. Well, good to see you. And a Ziggy Soggy to you as well. You, um... How long have you been uh, acting, like, professionally? Um, uh, well, man, I don't, I don't even know anymore. I feel like the years in L.A., you know, it all just kind of comes together. You I, worked for a basketball team, though, before that, right? Yeah, I, I interned for the Portland Trailblazers while I was in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it, wow. was, it was probably the darkest years in NBA history. <laughs> what year was this? Was uh, this the Jailblazers this era? This is the Jailblazers Oh, it was. Maurice Cheeks was the head coach. I feel so sorry for this guy. <laughs> uh, he had, uh, had Reuben Patterson, who called himself the Kobe Stop. Okay. To which Kobe dropped 40 points like every single time he played. <laughs> uh, he also had Bonzi Wells, who got suspended for a fight. Stoudemire, uh, Damon Stoudemire, Damon Stoudemire. Yeah, Rasheed Wallace. It was, it was, it was a crash course in learning what not to do in life. What was your job with the team? So I was, I was an intern in the PR department. So oh, great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You could feel my pain. So I learned how to lot of, uh, write a lot of uh, press releases, man. But basically, like, every time the players, you know, would get in trouble, we would have to, like, spin some story as to why they got in trouble, which usually was just an apology to the fans and to the NBA. Right. Because yeah. only so many times you can say, no, it wasn't them. Like, <laughs> they weren't driving from Seattle with a bunch of weed in the car. <laughs> They're so sorry they'll never do it again until next week. Wow. Yeah. yeah That's yeah, yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, it was amazing, man. It was a good time. Do you love clicking buttons and subscribing to things? <laughs>
that gave us the dream. We didn't even know we could dream about that <laughs> until we met them. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, you got young people who say, oh, I'd rather play with LeBron and Curry and Kobe. So, you know, it's like, let me ask the question. All right, Paula, would you rather dance like Beyonce <laughs> or sing like Anita Baker? Sing like Anita Baker. Yeah, I remember seeing her, um, what, two months ago, maybe? Three months oh, ago. And um, her voice is absolutely incredible. And yeah, to have that voice for a life, yeah, I will take that voice. Oh, time. wow. I bet that was a nice, con was it a concert? Yeah, it was concert. It was her very last concert. She is getting ready to go into residency in Vegas and have her own show. Right. This was right, right before COVID. So oh, she's wow. ready to have, she was doing her last tour and then she's going to be in residency in Las Vegas. And her show was incredible. She can wow. sing. I mean, it is so crystal clear. Her voice is beautiful. Wow. Now, Paula, uh, we let everybody know that you are Shannon's sister. Yes. So tell us about. I'm the little sister. She's the older sister. Oh, well, tell us something about <laughs> uh, as a little girl. Tell us about Shannon. Tell tell you about um tell she was good um, spoiled, right? <laughs> um always got her way. Oh, that's that baby girl. It was the baby girl syndrome. She always told you. <laughs> Traitor. She was a traitor. She turned you into my mom all the time. It was <laughs> we going to edit this. Oh, I forgot we lied. We can't edit it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She couldn't hold her tongue. <laughs> okay. Listen. Now, listen. I was little, y'all. I didn't know what I was doing. Okay? okay. I was I was little. So if I'm you say. I'm going to blame it on little. Okay. All right. So let's jump right in. Okay. So can we talk sports? We've been talking about since COVID. Um transitioning to having an A and B plan. And the reason why I wanted to bring Jay on and you guys on is because um, when Jay went to college, he started off playing basketball. Um, but somewhere down the line, there was a plan B, right? Mm -hmm. So let's kind of go back um, to Jay. How did, he was going to school, mm -hmm. play basketball in high school. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and you actually tried out for college, kind of take us on this journey, your basketball career and to where you are now. Yeah, I mean, I got really lucky my senior year. I just had a really great year. Our team went to the state tournament. I personally, as a player, individually as a player, was captain of the team and, and you know, had, again, just had a really good year and kind of stood out. And I had a coach who I got lucky. My coach had coached previously in the NBA. I mean, I played in the NBA and had coached. He was a director of basketball operations at Oklahoma State. So he knew a bunch of people. And and so when the time came, you know, and I said I wanted to go play in college, he was able to make some calls and people were able to pick up the phone. And, you know, I got to school. I, I, you know, I did my whole, I did a bunch of visits and ultimately landed on a school in Portland, Oregon. And, you know, I remember getting there my freshman year and I remember the first open gym we played and I was like, oh, these guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> they have no shot of going to the league. And not in a disrespectful way, but just we were in such a small conference and such a small school, you know, the, the 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 chances of someone seeing us from that level uh were slim, right? And so, you know, I just had this a lot of guys I played with ended up going abroad and playing overseas. And so I just remember having this wake-up call where like, 
you know, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to fight and I'm going to put every single thing on the line every single day and give my all. But I'm also going to be very realistic in knowing that I am using this experience as a practice field for what is going to happen next in my life. Mm. How I'm a leader next in my life, how I'm a teammate next in my life, how I am a how I contribute um, and and learning lessons from other people on my team along the way. And so, you know, as I started to graduate school, I started to think about what were those things that I wanted to do. And and for me, you know, acting was one of those things. And I still hoop. I still play basketball nonstop, you know, whenever I get a chance. But I, I fell in love with something else and found that same camaraderie and team feeling uh, uh, in what I do now. So now you ask um, now, Miss Paula, what was you doing at that time as a mom, as far as um, his his journey? Was you continue to encourage him in sports, or were you saying, okay, you can do something else? What was your mindset uh, frame? You know, during that time. For my husband and I, education was always the key. And so we always told him he could be whatever he wanted in life. It was his option and to always position himself that it is your option. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, for us, the way we saw to do that was through education. And what you then do with your life is totally up to you. But you have to you need this springboard. And so um, with with that, he was always a really a great student. So in our mind, we always had um, rewards that go went with the grades. And when the, if the grades ever fell off, then the rewards went away, right? So we were, we were always talking that talk, but we also incentivized it and made sure that he really understood how important it was to us. Um, you know, the early years, we won't talk about them, but definitely like when he was in high school, he was just an amazing student. He got to this point where he didn't need us to tell him to that his grades were important. He understood the relationship, you know, um, between risk and return. And so with taking, stepping out, doing well in his classes, there was always something there that we were incentivizing him with. And then also exposing him. I think it's so important that you would expose your kids. And so we were always trying to show him I remember as a kid, he was um, in elementary school when I told him he had to pick out his college. And I would buy him every year these books. Um, back then, there was no internet, right? So we would have these journals that you could buy in the store once a year that had all the colleges in them. And then I would tell him, I wouldn't tell him to pick out undergrad. Do you remember that? I would always say pick out graduate school because if I say pick out graduate school, undergrad was a given, right? Wow. So I would say pick out the graduate school. Where do you plan to get your master's? And we never had a conversation about going to undergrad because then that was just always a given. And so we started him on that in elementary school and he would always be so excited to get those books every year and look through all the college. So um, we just thought it was so important to plant those seeds early on and those were the kind of conversations that that we had with him so during this time did you ever have the one percent conversation because you know it's only one percent make it to the nfa i mean to yeah. the nba yeah. jay was did you want to go to the nba is that something yeah, I, I had dreams like everybody else i remember writing myself a hundred million dollar check <laughs> and framed it we framed it from the seattle supersonics and it was on the wow. fridge for a while we laminated it and it was on the fridge and then That's we right. framed it and then the Supersonics were no longer a franchise. So my dreams <laughs> very quickly started to go the other way. I started to realize like, oh, things change fast. But no, I think, you know, I think very quickly, um, 
I also, I mean, Shannon, you know this. We we were in a city where a lot of kids get to go play in college, and a lot at, at, at whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, baseball, soccer, even we see a lot of kids from that city go play at very high levels, and we don't see necessarily a lot of those kids make it to the highest level. Even for me, being in a city where I watch so many kids that I was in awe of their athletic ability and of their talent, I started to realize that like, oh, their careers ended here, or this is the way their career then went. And so, you know, I could think of one baseball player, one basketball player, two basketball players, and one, maybe two or three football players who were all in the league of the of their leagues of the you know i don't know how many seniors were in that city maybe five thousand six thousand ten thousand seniors were in the city at all these different schools so i think for me it was it was realizing like that that target is a hard target to hit and not impossible but it's a very hard target to hit so i know during the time it's funny um I would hear my older sister tell about when uh, Jay wanted to play basketball, Paula would be out there playing against him. Tell me, you not ready? You not ready to be fouling him and everything. She'd be out there trying to train him. It was so funny when they talk about it. So um, now during this time, you're transitioning mentally because you're, the reality is setting in. So, but yet you you get a scholarship for basketball. Yeah. Um. So how? Tell us how was that when you went to college for basketball on the scholarship? Um, I mean, it was a, you know, all of a sudden you're playing against grown men. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, in reality, you know, I was playing, especially because uh, at my school, we had two seniors that year who at 18 immediately went in the service and they did their two or three years in the service. And then they came back and they played basketball. So their clock didn't start until they were 21 years old. So they were, they were. They were now seniors at 25. They were they were men compared to my 18 year old mentality and body. Right. So I think that was a big wake up call. I remember. But I remember I had a big freshman class. There were six of us, I think six or seven of us. And I remember we were all a competitive because we all wanted to get a spot and play and, you know, all of that. But then B, we were also super supportive of each other because. We were all far away from home. We all realized how hard it really was. Um, And we knew that like we all played a part in some way. And maybe my part was going to be in practice and maybe next year was going to be my, you know, my chance to really, you know, uh, uh, make a difference on the court. But I think there was something there where I realized that like as much as I'm competing against these guys, they are also my teammates. And so it, it, it doesn't benefit me to tear them down in any way or destroy them in any way. You know what I mean? It benefits me to make them as best as they can possibly be so we can achieve a goal together. And then I think in, in, in that also, I just started to realize um, that you can, there are, you can be in love with other things while still chasing this thing, right? You can, you can find things that you're passionate about or care about, and, you're, and you can still have your tunnel vision on whatever your sport is all you want. But every once in a while, you can peek and kind of look at this other thing and, and say, oh, that thing, you know, that thing, thing kind of attracts me. And I think about it, you know, I think the, the, the thing for me that made me realize that there were two people that made me realize that one was Wayman Tisdale. 
RIP, because he came out and won a Grammy as a jazz That's musician right. yeah, after right. playing in the NBA. Right. And a lot of people don't know that Wayman hit like 80, wow. 83 points in Wayman college, nice. no three point line. Right. So Wayman had another love. Although he was a, a fantastic basketball player, he had another love. And then the other one for me was on the business side, and that was Barry Sanders. He used to own a black bank in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And and all I could think about was Barry Sanders breaking Russian records, but here he was <laughs> in a bank. And so wow. it made me realize that like even athletes who love what they do and are at the top of what they do have other passions and have other things that they love. Yeah, well, because it doesn't last forever. The sport doesn't last forever. Go ahead, Karen. Now you were saying at that time you was peeping, peeking over and seeing another love. Now, do you think that was up to a parent to expose you to another love or was that more of, of you as a person? Because I say that because as a mom, you know, sometimes our kids sports become their identity and we don't expose them to anything else other than sports. And so I was one of those parents I didn't expose. And so my son is challenge of finding out what else he'd love to do. But you said, you know, you were able to peek over. So did your your mom help you with that? Or you just had that desire looking over to do something else? I mean, I think it was a little both. I think it's a little nature nurture. I think who I am as a person, I'm naturally um, uh, uh, curious. So I think that's part of it. I, 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 I am, I like being a student. I like learning. So I think there's also that. So. For me, that applied to both X's and O's and looking at playbooks and studying my my opponents as much as it as as much as it meant like, you know, looking at other things and studying why, you know, this person did this thing with their career in banking or in mm. industry or it was a titan in tech or whatever it was. I think I was naturally kind of curious to that stuff, but I do think some of the exposure helped because I think I think my natural curiosity to some of that led my parents to say, oh, there's other things out there you can go see. Like, let's take you to uh, Dallas. Let's just get you out of Oklahoma. Let's take you to Dallas so you can see what another city looks like, what a big metropolitan city looks like. Let's take you to New York. Let's take you to Chicago. Like, let's just do these little road trips and take you places so you can see what other things look like. But I think, you know, I, I do think that, you know, I, I don't know if your, if your kids were like this. Shannon, I know the boys have kind of been like this, but like I did karate, I did baseball, I did soccer, I oh, did yeah. basketball, yeah. I was in a band because I was trying to figure it all out. And I think by the time wow. I got to my early 20s is when I started to realize at that point I was on my own in finding it, but I felt like I had been equipped with the skills of knowing that there A, are other things out there and B, you can go look for those other things right. and try them and see if they if, if they work and if they don't work because because i don't think the one thing is the thing right. you know sometimes it's like dating sometimes you got to try four or five you yeah. know sometimes that conversation y'all i'm gonna keep right. right here no but you know what you're right because even during this COVID, we're realizing and meeting young men who are mentally they're um depressed because no one showed them other avenues. All they knew was football or all they knew was basketball. And so now their identity was at um, risk. It was like, well, who am I? What am I supposed right. to be doing? Okay, wait, I don't, I don't. And it's funny because they have degrees, right? Like they graduated, have degrees, but it's like, okay, I got the degree. I'm gonna sit it over here. 
that's to the side. This is where I am. They never peeked out. They don't know yeah. how to peek out. Yeah. But because my sister and my brother-in-law, which I just, I mean, they're amazing. Um, they took you on that journey to show you, okay, this is out there. Okay. This is in New York. Okay. This is over here. Yeah. So you had, you was exposed to all those things where a lot of these guys aren't exposed. So like with Jordan, you know, me starting Evolve was to give him that backup plan because I, I knew his focus was football, but at the same time, we would have these conversations. Okay. So what if something happens or what if, you know, you don't make the 1%. So I always put in the back of his mind when he was young, be prepared, you know, and we, and from our show, we have a lot of um, coaches and trainers and counselors tell us a lot of these guys weren't even prepared. So when COVID happened, it, it just mentally did something to them. It rocked you. Yeah. It rocked them. I, I got, I think, I, I mean, I think we all have felt that in some way, but I think a lot of my friends who are purists, who are actors and who are purists, and like that is what they do, right. are in the same exact spot, right? right? Wow. Because similar to an athlete, I can't, my, my court or my field is now a stage <laughs> with lights and cameras and a crew, right? My yeah. trainers are a crew or a makeup artist or, you know, my barber, like that, that is, that is my team and my facility and my front office. And now all of a sudden, we we don't have that in our world, so wow. I think it, it, it is. Um, and I and I again, I have a lot of friends who I think are facing the same issue right now. Some younger and earlier in their careers, and some are later in their careers and who have been very successful, but are all of a sudden like, oh, I don't know what to do with with myself when I'm not on set. I don't know what. Why am I here? Why am I sitting in L.A.? Why am I? in this house? Why am I alone? Why am I with this person? Whatever it is, they're starting, all these things are starting to kind of come up because of that. So I'm getting to Jordan's question because I've, I've got to build up to it. So you college, um, from my understanding, you were playing pickup ball. Is that how your career started for acting? Can you tell us kind of how you transitioned from basketball to acting and then um and then i have a question for paula so go ahead a long 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 transition but i guess you could say it started with a bad pickup game this kid who used to come play pickup at my at my university his mom was a booker for a modeling agency he told me that they were looking for extras for a commercial i go and do the commercial i meet this young woman who's who is the principal of the commercial and she tells me uh that she just got back from asia she was there for three months she got paid 30 grand and i was like yo sign me up <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was like, sign me up. So don't nobody know me in Korea. So, <laughs> so the stories ain't getting back. Tell me. So um, she tells me who the name of her agency. I go to her agency and that actually started me modeling. And I think my starting the model was my, my thought was that that would take me a step closer to acting like that. That would be my bridge into acting. And it wasn't the case. They were further they were they were far apart. But what I do think it gave me is um, I, I got to learn how to be a professional on a set and what is expected of me by a director and by a producer and wardrobe and hair and makeup. I got to kind of learn some of those things. Anyway, long story short, I bounced around as a model for a little bit and then ultimately ended up moving to L.A. And by this time, I kind of quit modeling and was just solely focused on acting and uh from there, it's a long story and it's crazy and it's got a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs. But um, ultimately, I, I had come to a point in my life where um, 
I had gotten laid off from this job and my boss called me and told me that she, that, that, or my boss had just gotten laid off and she called me and told me that I was probably going to be next. And all I could think about was that I had moved to LA to be an actor, but I was too afraid to do it because I didn't want to be told no. I didn't want to be rejected. And I, I just remember thinking to myself, everything I've done in LA at this point, I could have done anywhere else, any city. I could have, I could have stayed home at my parents' house and not pay bills for a little bit. I could have did anything else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, Were you tell him that, Paul? Um, I, I think we oh. made the difference because I had the same. Nope. nope. <laughs> so y'all don't know my sister. I'm trying to tell y'all that ain't even that ain't even. Why Jay said that? She was like, uh, no. <laughs> but I just had this moment where I realized, you know. I know what I want to do in my life and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to give myself a real opportunity and a real shot to go do it. And if it doesn't happen in two, three years, or if it feels like I haven't had any forward momentum, then cool. I, I, have, a, I have a degree. I have a plan B. I can go back and I can start at, at the very, very bottom and start entry level and in the finance world or insurance or whatever it is, or go get a master's, whatever it is, I can go back and I can kind of start and start building a career from there. And so that's when from there, again, like that kind of focus and that singular focus and that myopic view of the world kind of came back in because all I thought about was acting every single day. And then I had some breaks along the way and met some agents and, you know, ultimately ended up getting some jobs. But that is it is pretty much all because of yeah, a kid, you know, and me playing pickup in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> that's amazing. So one area of your passion led you to another area of your passion, which basically the basketball was a vehicle. Yeah. So now during this time, Paula, he's in college playing ball. And then all of a sudden his vehicle takes him another way into acting. What was that phone call like or that conversation like? Well, by this time he's out of college and um, he called us and um, he initially said, I'm going to take some acting classes and I don't want you guys to uh, worry. I haven't quit my day, day job. And we were like, cool, don't quit it. <laughs> we, are his, like, we are down for our son. But don't quit your day job. Like That's life. That's the hustle. Because if you want it, you'll hustle for it. Right. Mm. And, um, and it was the same way when I went to undergrad. I couldn't quit my day job. I had to go to school full-time and work full-time. wasn't an option. It was, we didn't eat as a family. That's just the reality of it. But if I wanted it bad enough, I was going to do it. And then he called back a couple of months later and said, uh, I quit my day job, but hold on, I got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't want y'all to worry. you know. And he walked us through his strategy and his plan. And, um, you know, he understood that he had to have saved his money. He had paid off all his bills. It stuck, you know, something back. He sacrificed. He moved into a smaller place. He sold his car. Like he did a lot of things wow. to try to give himself running room, right? You always have to have running room. That's the challenge with these kids today. They are, they are, they are literally intoxicated and drunk off of social media. They think they're going to walk out and it's going to happen instantly. Yeah. What people don't realize is the running room that Jay gave himself, right? And and on that runway, there are rocks on the runway. Just because mm. you're playing, you don't think your plane hit them. There are some potholes and there are rocks, and those are all the things you have to experience. 
And so, you know, we've always let him know that we are supportive of him and that we believe in him. But the reality of it is it's a process and he has to walk it out for himself. We can't walk it out for him. But we always wanted him to know that we were with him. We believed in him. Um, and if that was something that he wanted to pursue, we were like, go forth and conquer. That's what your 20s are for. Your 20s are for going forth and figuring it out, what you want to do before you get married, before you get your family. Um, and and so he said, this is the game plan. And we said, cool. Wow. Because I just want to note, I just want to note one thing really quick. <laughs> that you missed the starting point of this story, which what? was that I actually hadn't told them anything, but Jordan Smallwood snitched on me because he saw me in a commercial. <laughs> Oh, Jordan, you watching? So, I, mean, I don't remember that commercial. The yeah. very first job I ever booked was a Lexus. it was a Lexus commercial, mm -hmm. and he saw me. He saw my face in a Lexus commercial, and he called my dad and said, "Is Jay and is Jay in a commercial?" And my dad was like, "No." no. <laughs> so then my dad calls me. Jay said, "Yeah, I just went on my lunch break, and I booked it." Uh, I had been auditioning for like six, seven months at that point. Yeah. But uh, and then that's when I told them what my plan was. Yeah. Wow. So go ahead, Karen. You had a question. I forgot. <laughs> so now during all this journey, um, acting, it's now watch this vehicle. So the vehicle starts with basketball mm -hmm. to college mm -hmm. to acting. Mm -hmm. Then it actually connects my sister. Right. Yes. And it all and it drives her into because Paula's always she's very creative. You know, when we were young, it, it's funny because when um, when I moved to Tulsa, she used to always send out um, mm -hmm. blogs to family members and it would be a word of encouragement. She's very creative and she wanted to be a fashion designer, could sew. There's nothing Paula can do. So I was the athlete. So our older sister, she was drumline. Um, she played softball. Paula was more the the model, the fashion. And, you know, I did all the sports. So during this time, my sister now is working in corporate America. You know what I'm saying? She's she's up there in corporate. So Jay goes to acting. I mean, gets into uh, being an actor. But now the vehicle, it's funny because it turned, it had her in it. Right. It's funny how God set things up. Yeah. So the vehicle kind of had her in it, which now she moved to L.A. And so at that moment, tell us about the aha moment you had when you left your job and, and went after your passion. Um, well, it wasn't that I was going after a passion. It was finance was a passion, right? I always saw myself as a C-suite executive. You could never tell me I wasn't going to make it. I knew that I would hit that mark and I did because God had showed me when he told me was it time to go back to undergraduate school and I did, um, I always knew that that was going to happen for me. I, you know, one of the things that was drove me to want to go back to school as a young mom was I wanted to be able to demonstrate to Jay what could be. There had been no one in our family that had graduated from, from college on my dad's side, my mom's side. None of our, you can imagine all of our cousins, there had never been a college graduate. And I was determined I was going to be the first. I wanted my son to see me do it. I didn't want to stand in the background and tell him. I wanted to. I wanted him to see it. And so, um, and I knew that God would use it. He told me he would use it. And so 
finance, God blessed me with this amazing career in finance. And he had told me that he was going to call me out of finance. And um, I didn't know how he was going to do it. And literally the opportunity of me leaving finance and Jay asking his dad and I to consider relocating to L.A., was happening. <laughs> Wait, oh my God. <laughs> the day. <laughs> oh Lord. We oh, were having these conversations at the same time, but lo and behold, we had just came out here to be with him that June. And we'd gone to um, we hung out with him and we got back to Tulsa and he called that was that was that time that was different there was something different in his voice and he said i you know i really wish you and dad would consider and we had always had these conversations when he had gone off to college in oregon he was like trying to get us to move to oregon like, move to oregon and we were like no you you're young you don't understand like you're just starting and we're in a different place but this particular conversation that we had after we got back from LA that summer was, it was different. There was something different in his voice. And I remember he said to me, he said, mom, I know I can do this. And I would love it if you and dad are here. And it was that moment, like he always knows who to call for what. So he knew when he hit me with that, that I was gonna get on the phone, call, call Big Wendell. And I, and I remember calling Wendell immediately. And my, my, my comment to Wendell was, I said, hey, Houston, we have a problem. He's like, I said, your son just called. <laughs> and I said, I think we just may be moving. And he was like, what? And so we had this conversation and we both knew that was the time. It was, I was wanting to transition and we had, we had thought about moving to LA, but it, at the time LA seemed so big to us. And um, I remember when we got here, I still wasn't thinking um, entertainment. I was just happy to be able to have some time off, travel with Jay, help him in any way I could. That was my mindset, to just help him wherever he needed help or whatever I could do for him. And he was the one, this is, this is the one who encouraged me. And the thing that I love about Jay's journey was that ultimately he had that mirror moment with himself and said, you know what? The thing that I want the most, I'm hiding from it. And I'm going to go out here and give it my all. And that inspired me um, in such a way to, to feel confident that I could do it again. God made finance and the life that we had when I was in corporate America available to me. I felt like he would do it again. And so Jay said, you know what, mom, I think you need to go into entertainment, your skill set, what you did in operations uh, for the bank would line up perfectly. And so that was literally how I got in the vehicle, if you will, and started that journey of, well, I went back to school because I'm a believer of the education process. And so I started taking classes and as many workshops as I could. I started bartering on my services. I was like, if you let me have access on your set, I'll do your accounting books at discounted rates. <laughs> and here I was, and see, I was a COO and it didn't matter. I had to start from the bottom in entertainment. I had to start yeah. all over. I mean, I was like, I'll PA for you. I wasn't, I started the bottom. It didn't bother me because I understood I'd done it. I did it once and I could do it again. And so that was kind of how, how that journey started. Yeah. I remember Jay, you, you said something about, uh, mom was in the kitchen singing, started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> so this journey is, it's actually a beautiful journey. So now that we're here. Okay. So Jay, you're, you're, you're climbing the ladder movies um actually just finished the top gun movie um you're insecure there's things happening 
um, Paula, you just did Behind Her Faith, it's along with some other things that you produced. You guys are working together as a team. COVID hit. Mentally, where did you go? Because, I, like, again, I mean, did at that moment, then you just, was it like, God, wait, what is this? How right. did you respond to the situation is the question. Which one? We probably had different, yeah, we probably had different, different responses. Because different responses your boy okay. run. I needed a break. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, COVID and God was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to run with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I had a, I mean, not a hard, I've had a very blessed couple of years. And, and you know, I, I think I spent, I think when you add it up, I hadn't had more than two weeks from in front of a camera in 23 or 24 months. Wow. And I think, you know, while that is uh, amazing, yeah, while it's amazing and, you know, like hitting a lottery, I think people don't also understand uh, what the hours really look like, right? Because it's 13, 14, 15 hours a day that we're talking wow. about, wow. you know, in and out of the office in eight hours, right? Uh, and I'm interfacing with upwards of 100 to 150 people a day because the crew that I work with, right? And when I am on set, um, especially on my show, when I'm on set, you know, I'm usually the character whose story we're following. So it, it's my set, so to speak, as an actor, right? So um, so there's there's also a bit of responsibility and leadership that goes on with that as well. So, uh, and then Top Gun was its own animal. And then I was shooting a movie in South Africa, which was a whole nother thing. So, you know, for me, COVID, and then just had a baby. So for me, COVID was a break. COVID was like, oh, I get to be home with my family, with my parents, with my daughter, with my girl. And like, we actually get to like be a family for a little bit. And also it was a time for me personally to get done um, a lot of writing and development work that um, kind of hits a stall when I go away to work. Because mm -hmm. when I go away, now in this digital age that has now come out of COVID and everyone can do meetings on Zoom and StreamYard and everything else, whatever, um, now that will all change. But pre this movement, everything was all, meetings were always in person and I would be gone, which meant meetings on the development end for stuff that I'm putting together would get dragged out because of my schedule and my writing would get dragged out because I had to remember three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pages of dialogue for the next day, plus whatever meetings I may have. And plus, I got to get to the gym every single day and all of those, things. plus be a father and be a son and all of those things and a, and a fiance. So um, for me, you know, I hate that it was under the circumstances that it's been under. I will say that uh, I would never want it to be. I would never want my break to be at the expense of anyone's health or life. Right. Um, but at the same time, it has given me an opportunity to be with my family and to do some things creatively that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah. What about you? For me, it was different. Um, for me, it was I'm still young in this part of the season of my life. Right. It's still a brand new um, season for me. And I I am not living off of the harvest. I am still working <laughs> the field. And so um, for me, I actually was excited because um, in the sense, just what Jay is saying, you don't want something to come at the hardship of someone else. But how I saw it was, ah, the world has to slow down. That gives me more time to catch up. Like I still, you know, um, I can think about what I'm doing. I can still be planting more seeds, more seeds. That's how I process it. So 
in every single, you know, in every single opportunity or in every single challenge of your life, there is an opportunity. It's up to you to claim it, right? Yeah. Out of a lemon came lemonade. And so out of a lemon came lemon tarts. Out of lemons come an amazing salad dressing. It's up to you to claim the opportunity. And so that's my thing is I'm excited. I'm out here. I'm working on projects. I'm pitching projects. Um, I have, and, and I'm excited that I love the digital space. And so what's happening now is there's a lot more interest. There was interest in digital, but it has totally changed. And so I'm trying to figure out how to maybe position myself specifically in the digital space because I love the streaming aspect of it. I love the, the style of docu-series from a, a storytelling. I like you know, in this season of my life, things that are true, that are representing someone's journey is very important to me. And so, um, again, I saw it as as an opportunity. So do you feel the choice of your career from the beginning helped you become as broad as you are now? Do, do you know what I'm saying? In other words, it's like you've had to, um, Paula, so you've had to in your career and the banking, you've had to move quick, fast, make yeah. decisions. So your choice of career actually prepared you for this, would you uh -huh. say? Yeah. Um, you know, I tell people, I mentor like maybe 10, um, 12 young women here in LA and they're all the ages of maybe 26 to about um, 35, right? And the thing that I'm always telling them is every seed that you're planting today is going to show up later in the process. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. You know, it's 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 going to be there and you're going to look back and go, oh my God, I can't believe it. Yes, I can use that. And that's what my journey was like, right? I learned in banking, in finance, I learned how to sell money, how to negotiate, how to pitch, how to stand up a company, how to scale, how to hire, how to fire. Um, and I'm in how to direct. Literally, you're directing people in finance. I'm doing all of those same things. What's different is my widget may be different, but I'm doing and I'm using all of those same skill sets, um, maybe a little different perspective. But all those things, that foundation that I learned from a finance standpoint actually makes me even stronger now because so many people come to this industry and have no idea that it's business. They, they think just because they have a creative idea is just going to happen. And the reality of it is those are all the people who end up going home and they don't make it. This is called business for a reason. So it's not enough to be creative. You have got to understand business. And ultimately that no matter whether it's a television show, a movie, a digital uh, series, there has to be a return on the performance, right? Wow. And having that understanding and mindset and coming here, it makes me be able to run faster than the person who is just coming here and starting as a producer uh, director. So what would you say? Now you guys work together as a team, right? You guys? On some projects. We does projects on his own. He has other business partners. So do I. And then there's opportunities that we collaborate on for sure. Yeah. Okay. So now for someone that's watching, whether it's an athlete, um, because usually we majority of our show is athletes watching, what would you say to them now, Jay? And I mean, what advice would you give them an athlete? I would say, I mean, first of all, know that whether you run or catch, uh, run with or catch a ball or throw a ball for the rest of your life, whether you do it or whether you don't do it, the skill set that you're learning as a teammate and as a contributor uh, in knowing your place on a team and knowing how to lead and knowing how to support people is something that you can take forward, right? Um, uh, and um, the second thing I would say is 
don't be afraid. But thinking of thinking of finding something else you love or thinking about a plan B does not mean that your plan A won't come to fruition. And it doesn't mean that the thing that you love the most won't happen. It just means, you know, I, I would venture that whoever your favorite uh, athlete is in your in your given sport, once they've achieved the success that that you want them to achieve or that that you want to achieve rather my guess is that's when you see them start doing other things right all of a sudden russell westbrook is the creative director for true religion (laughs) all of a sudden wow jordan is playing golf you know what i mean like and probably was not thinking about golf while he was at north carolina but very quickly in his career, he all of a sudden came and became in love with golf. And I think that there are opportunities for you to find other things um, that you're passionate about. And that could be, listen, if all you do is play Madden or 2K or, or NBA 2K, maybe you want to be a video game developer and you don't even realize it. Can we edit this out? Switch, watch you play, but be an actual developer. Maybe there is an opportunity for you to go learn how to put video games together. And that could be a right. Real career path for you, and not only that, but your skill set as an athlete will help you once you start working for EA Sports, and you have to work with athletes who are wearing Motion Core to actually be in these games, right? Or, you know, I've talked to Jordan about this before. Like, I believe, you know, in 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 my business, the agencies, some of the bigger agencies, also represent athletes, and sometimes they represent athletes specifically for their given sport, and sometimes they represent them because they have businesses outside of their sport. But one of the things I always say is like those agencies a lot of times are looking for former athletes because who better to go recruit a kid to come for me to for to come let me be their agent than someone who knows how to speak their language than someone who's got the same swag as them and bops their head the same way when they walk down the street right like right. there is but that is just the relationship but that is just the skill of a being a good teammate but b you, 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 what you don't realize in your camaraderie in the locker room is that you have an offhand and an ease and a way of speaking with people that a lot of people who grow up in these mail rooms don't have. That's and you right. start in, you know, and just are on just on the agent track that they don't have. And because you have that, you have something special that will help you excel if you learn how to use it. You know what I mean? Again, in, in that specific field. But you know, again, I would just say that, you know, don't don't be afraid to to, to have a hobby, to find another passion. Um, and, and you know, on that one day a week when you're not in the gym and you're not in practice, take it up, read a book, go to class, whatever right, it is, right. you know, figure it out. All right. All right. So Jordan wants to know, what was your mindset moving to L.A. and how many no's did you get before you got yeses? I mean, my mindset moving to L.A. is that I was going to be the Fresh Prince. I literally got a job <laughs> in Beverly Hills. I'm not going to I literally got a job in Beverly Hills because my <laughs> thought process was, oh, this is where all the agents are. So if I'm just here every day, one of them is going to find me. And be like, where you been? Like, what took you so long to get here? We got movies. We got, <laughs> got commercials. We got endorsement deals. Where you been? That wasn't the case. Um, <laughs> hard reality you know, check, huh? It was a hard reality check. And, you know, <laughs> I was young and I was wilding out. And and I think, you know, any city, you know, it's a lot of opportunity there. And I think it's, it, it is very easy to get distracted in that city because of it and or in this city because of it. And, and uh, you know, I think I was very, very focused on that. 
And then what happened for me is as rejection started to come in, as those no's that he's talking about started to come in, it put little chinks in the armor and it made me feel insignificant and it made me feel small and it made me go find acceptance or yeses mm. in other places, whether that be out in the club, whether it, places that weren't ultimately helping to my career path, right? Wow. So, wow. Um, you know, I probably, they say that the average actor hears no 700 times before you get the yes that changes your life as an actor, the big yes. Um, and that's, you know, so not the, you get one line on a TV show or maybe you do, <laughs> you know, three scenes on a TV show. It's like you're a series regular or you booked a movie and that financially it, it is changing your career because people in the town will look at you different, but it's also financially changing your life. They say that's about 700. I would venture to say that I probably had like 2,000 before I got But what I started to realize was every no was an opportunity for me to go find a yes. Mm -hmm. That just meant that like, okay, cool. I'm not meant to work with you right now, but that's I'm meant to work with someone right now. So that's I'll right. go find the person I'm meant to work with right now. And I, I, I am, uh, I'm very cocky. And um, so this what? is probably- yes. What? But this is the athlete in me, and it and I go back and I say, "It's cool. You'll be back. You'll oh. be back now. You'll, you'll, you'll you know what? There's nothing wrong with that chip. You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen players play with that chip, and they either win the championship, the Super Bowl. So I mean, if that chip kind of helped you, you have to have it. You have to have it to so, now. It's not a chip where you're you're um. It's you're not a arrogant right, right, but it's yeah, a. It's I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back. Whether I got to go figure it out, take a couple more classes, but I will be back. So yeah. that's it's a different kind of determination yeah. that I think even in athletes, they get mixed up. You know, their chip can be, man, sometimes their chip is very disrespectful yeah. instead of I'll be back. You know, and then that's when they get the, you know, I want this on my contract and I need this. No, that's that's not the kind of chip we're talking about. It's a determination. You know, you know, I, I started to realize, too, and and I'm not saying this across the board, but I think being an athlete and, for, you know, for all the people who are watching and listening, like, I think one of the things that I was able to take that really, really, really helped me was that I knew no one was going to work harder than me. Mm -hmm. I had coaches yell and scream at me and tell me I, the only reason I was there is because I was on scholarship because I was playing basketball. I've been on the field. I've been out doing sprints at five o'clock in the morning and in the gym right after. And then at practice at three o'clock until 730. I had worked so and then would go lift after that and then still have to do homework until midnight. I had worked so hard at something to where my body would be would be physically so beaten up and hurt and tired and mentally I was there as well that I knew there was no way in the world that someone could outwork me because I knew how far I could push myself into getting the thing that I wanted, how hard I could work my body and how hard I could work my mind to get the thing that I wanted. And I think athletes have that. A lot of people don't have that. Yeah. But you get that when you're an athlete and you got a coach breathing down your neck. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're trying to get on the field or trying to get on the court. And it's a it's it is a it is a hustle. It's a determination. It's a skill set that will behoove you when you find that other thing you're passionate at and you apply. Oh, did they freeze on us? And to come back. 
we just drop? Oh, there we are. Okay. Uh, I was going to say that is so true because it is that same mindset that got me to that level in corporate America as a corporate America executive. And it's the same thing that I think about today is in, in, in this season of my life, which is so much better than the last season, right? <laughs> in the last season, you work, sometimes you work hard when you should be working smarter, but it mm -hmm. definitely takes working hard, right? Mm -hmm. Not going to shortchange that by any stretch of the imagination because I'm like Jay. I was putting in those kind of hours in an office building, right, to, to get to that level. But now in this season of my life, I have such a different perspective when I'm looking at at where I want to go and how do I want to do it. And so now I'm strategically saying, what is my niche and how, I'm, how am I going to carve out a niche for myself? Because I'm not trying to do the same things that he's doing, right? We're in different phases of our lives. and But I'm thinking now, okay, there's a niche for me and I'm going to ride out my niche, right? Mm, I'm going to yeah. be good at my niche. Um, I'm going to be known for my niche. I'm going to hit all of these different avenues that, that tie my niche up in a nice little bowl and, and Bo, and then when you start thinking about this particular thing, you're going to think about me because I want to do that thing and mm. do it really, really well, right? That's good. And so, but it is still the hard work. The still the long hours and the hard work have to be there. There's no getting around it. And I would say I wasn't an athlete. I played basketball in junior high, my ninth, yeah, my eighth grade year, and realized it was too physical. I was like, no, I, nobody's. <laughs> me down. <laughs> I wanted to fight it. I just I couldn't get past it was physical. So I was like, crazy. Did she scratch me? <laughs> and um but you know my mom, I will say my mom and my dad have incredible work ethics, both of them. And that yeah. that is something that I saw as a child growing up. My mom and my dad both had incredible work ethics. So we're about to close out. Um, Paula, what would you say to a parent um, dealing with that has an athlete? Like what would what advice would you give them? I think the, the advice you give them is similar to what you should be giving all kids. Yeah. Regardless, because every kid has a dream. Right. Some want to play basketball, some want to be actors, some want to be CEOs, some want to be writers, some want to be school teachers. Mm -hmm. And it should all, the conversation should still be the same. I understand that getting to that 1% makes it tougher, but um, because there are so few that could get to that level. But I think you have to always be in your child's corner and you always have to, you always have to instill in them that they can absolutely be whatever it is that they want to be no matter what anybody else says you got to give them that early they got to have they got to have a lane for it they got to be able to run with that thing so when they're getting the no they get back up they get the no they get back up they get to the know they get back up right and um but you can't just say it you got to believe it with them mm. i said it to jay i believed it when i looked at him there was never a doubt in my mind that he couldn't be what he said he wanted to be. And he knew that. And he knew that from his dad and I. And we did everything we possibly If Jay said I wanted to be a fireman, I would go out by the fire, have a fire hat, find a uniform, <laughs> like whatever. He said I want to be a basketball player, I go find a basketball, whatever Jay said, right? Yeah. And it evolved as a kid. There were a lot of things that he said. Whatever it was he said, we tried to figure out how to instill that thing in him. 
And then when he said, no, I don't think I want to do that anymore. We didn't browbeat beat him for not wanting to do that thing. We said, well, what is the thing? Mm-hmm. And let us encourage you in the thing because everybody, and you're never too old to dream. I'm still dreaming now. I'm in another season of my life getting to do something where I get to dream in a way that I can't ever think, could have never thought about this. I mean, I had yeah. no idea what God had for me, but yet here I am again, getting to dream, right? And so I understand what it's like to have a passion. And I would never want to raise a kid and not be instilling that in them. But I think along the way, you always have to be exposing, instilling and exposing, instilling and exposing Good. so that they know all of those avenues that are available to them. So they're not just an athlete. And then if that doesn't kick off or once they retire, then it's over. No, they've got to always be exposed to the next thing. Mm-hmm. It's very important. You know, that's the thing that I would tell Jordan and them is like, okay, you, you have sports, but look at all the opponents connected to sports. You have the coaches, you have the physical therapist, you have the trainers, you have the camera crew. So it's like, you can still be a part of sports, but look at everything and everybody that's connected. You know, so Jordan's like, you know, I think I want to do physical. I mean, I want to do personal training. So he's actually talking about going to school to get certified. So I'm like, see that that's connected to sports. So um, I know like for Christopher, um, I make him play football for the mental part of things, because I when he got in seventh grade and he played football, his grades actually came up to an A that they put him in college classes. So I don't know, somewhere between that discipline on the field, knowing you have to keep your grades up, did something in the classroom that it advanced him. Now I told him, I'm not asking you to be famous, but I'm, I want you to play because mentally it's doing, it's, it's a coordination. So, um, but he wants to be a scientist. So it's like, okay, well you can look at, you know, doctors dealing with sports and figuring out science, you know, dealing anything dealing with sports or just however you want to do it. But I believe that it's always good to have that conversation. And we always say it on the show to give your kids, like you said, another option. Yeah, not let them this be, it doesn't always have to be sports, right? right. He, could be, he could be an MD. Right. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be sports, but it's like, because we've get so many sports questions and we have those moms that see the little Johnny, I always say it on the show, little Johnny could throw the football. And then all of a sudden she's like, okay, well, Johnny go buy my house, my car. And so she just pushes him to that's all you're going to be. We, we've seen him. We've had conversations with him. I've seen it growing up. I mean, um, dealing with Jordan, you have parents like, this is who he is. This is what he's going to do. This is my ticket out of here. And so then when you see him, he gets in trouble by seventh grade, eighth grade. He's got a nasty attitude. Coaches can't deal with them. And then everything falls apart because there was never a, you're bigger than a sport. This is not just who you are. So, you know, this was really a good show. I I wanted to show how you started with sports, but your vehicle didn't end there. It, it, It took you step higher. You never gave up playing. You passionately loved to play, but it opened another door and you were okay with it. It was okay to transition. Yeah. I think that's what I want people to see. It's okay to transition. It doesn't make you less than, because the sport is not who you are. It's your vehicle. Mm-hmm. And when you, you were young and you realized this is a vehicle, okay, let me peep out here. Okay, you know what? I like that over there. 
but yet you still kept playing, but you still kept looking out. And then Paula came in as parents and going, okay, this is A, B, C, D, and E. You know what I'm saying? You laid it out, but then at the same time, you're like, but we still support you. So if you want to play, I'll go get you the gear. I'll go get you the basketball. I'll go get the goal outside. But at the same time, I want you to see this list. I'm going to take you to visit here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this college and I'm going to show you these opportunities. And then I'm going to let you see what I do. So it was good. Yes, Paula was the first to graduate. Um, Jay was the second. And Dominique, my niece. Dominique. That's right. That's right. Dominique was the second, my niece, to graduate. Uh, Jay was the third. And Jordan was the fourth. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So, I like that Paula was, uh, she let her, you know, sometimes we don't let our kids go to bump heads and to live out their path. You know, we can only take them to a certain spot, but we, but we have to be willing to let them go. And I was able to see that. That's what she did. Cause she's like, you ain't coming back home. <laughs> oh, listen, Paula's tough. Look, my my daughter went down there, and Paula commented about mm, she mm, she ain't coming back. She too wimpy. She ain't coming back. I said, "Oh my god, <laughs> she she was tough." And and it's funny because it's not just Jay. She's like that with her niece and nephews. It's like, uh, no, you whining, girl. You ain't coming back. <laughs> look, y'all. I know Dom uh, Jane go get me. So Paula called me. Jay, Dominique. I mean Dominique. Jade is on the floor rolling around. Paula calls me. She go, look at this. Paula's cracking up because Jade was talking about her stomach was hurt. And she went with my mama, right? So Jade was crying. Paula go, look at this. And she's cracking up laughing. Paula's tough. Paula <laughs> no, is, she wasn't really sick, y'all, just so wasn't. we know. <laughs> no, but my, my the sympathy, you know, she she's tough. And then there's the loving moments, but the toughness, it mixed together. And so you see Jay because of it. But yeah, it was funny. So my Jaden is like, uh, I don't know if I want to go back and visit. I say, yeah, good luck. <laughs> if she lets you come back. So, right. but anyway, this was a great show. I want to thank you guys for joining the show. Um, this has a lot, a lot, Karen, what you think? It's, it's been good. I think uh, I'm glad that athletes and, and moms are able to see the other side, you know, life after sports. It's okay. There is life after sports. You know, God still has a plan for you. And so you just have to be willing to make the turn wherever he's leading you. And so I I, I love Jay's um his story and and um it's awesome. Yeah, it is. So I think they froze on us again. So anyway, this is your girl Shannon at Can We Talk Sports. This has been a great show, and I am here with my host. Karen, <laughs> y'all, I promise I'm gonna practice with her. I'm a, I'm a she, wait. Oh, she doing all of this and all of this. I'm gonna practice with her. Karen, mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. all right, all right. We talk to you guys later. Bye. Right, bye. Share the video.